0: Welcome to the JMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. Thank you for tuning in. Today's main guest is Roth. She is a comedian uh, from here in the Bay Area, although she did spend some time in Iceland. So it's really interesting to hear about the differences in comedy and similarities as well. And I think it's a prime example how in some ways humor can unite us all. Wow, that sounded very interesting. Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, corny? Maybe. In some ways it does. These days, humor, we need more of it. Consider the political climate and all that jazz. Um, and yeah, but before we go to our conversation with Mecklenov, we have another episode of Wheels on Reels. He went to go see a film called Kung Fu Yoga. That's right. The best Critic in San Jose, California, uh, forget all the Oscar-nominated movies. He much rather go see a Jackie Chan uh, B action movie, and I think that's what makes him such a great film critic. Because he goes to the places where the films that need publicity um, uh, need him more than ever. So, well, you will hear his review of that film, which in some ways he convinced me to check it out. Me, I'm a big fan. Of Jackie Chan. A uh, quick correction before we go there. We uh, <laughs> there's a part where we were talking about previous Jackie Chan films and our favorite fight scenes. He mentioned the one where he's fi- uh, Jackie Chan's fighting a couple women. We got it wrong. We said uh, it was the um, uh, Project Concord. It is not. It actually it's actually the Jackie Chan Armor of God. So all, all you Jackie Chan uh, cinephiliacs, uh Relax. All right. I- I'm correcting it right now before you listen to the review. Um. Other than that, let's uh, let's go to the review with Jacob Wheels. Welcome to another episode of Wheels on Wheels. Season
1: three, Jorge. We've made it. How can it be season three if we, we you're only like like five reviews in? That's that's season one. We skip season two, season three. Season three. Executive decision. All right. What movie did you go see this week? I saw Kung, Kung Fu Yoga, the new romp from Jackie Chan. But uh, Kung Fu Yoga. Kung Fu Yoga. So the, this is kind of
0: Jackie Chan going back to what made him famous. Yes. Which is action comedy. Yes. Uh, going, I grew up on Jackie Chan. Jackie so Chan's I, great. I'm all about this already. Um, however, I, I feel like because he he's done some action comedies,
1: you know, lately as well. But they don't they're not the same as he had back in the day. No, I mean he's old, bro. He's old. He's getting old. You can tell in this movie. He's getting old. He's not as fast as he used to. But it's still fun stuff fun he still got the moves though so what's this movie about oh man what is this movie about uh, uh jaggy chan he's a chinese archaeologist all archaeologist like he always is uh he he gets hired by a uh, by an indian princess like hey i need you to find this thing but Wha- then why because it's a it's a family heirloom or something or like it, it leads to a treasure okay right so like they find the thing and then, like, it leads to, like, a bigger treasure, like the the Buddhist treasure or whatever. And it's basically Jackie you Chan kicking ass and taking names. Not already.
0: It sounds like it might be offensive towards Buddhists. I don't know. Actually, can Buddhists even be offended? I don't know. Uh, we what? would have to ask. Uh, oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I had a friend coming over. Oh, hey. Sorry for interrupt May- the, 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 the movie review.
1: Don't worry. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep the audience busy. Keep him busy, Jorge. Don't worry about it. I'll keep him busy. I don't know. Uh, Jorge just left right now. He is inviting some stranger into the room.
0: Oh, hey, man. Yeah, sorry. Uh, well, uh, today we're joined by JP Emoti. JP,
1: what's up? Did you see uh, Kung Fu Yoga? No. Oh, man. This is going to be a weird review, Jorge. So,
0: So we're reviewing this film called Kung Fu Yoga. Kung Fu now, Yoga. Now, the thing about... Uh, 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 the thing up, Oh it's on there
1: Yeah
0: Alright You wanna hang out a bit yeah,
1: I can, yeah There's a chair right there Pull it up I'll let you know What this movie is all about JP uh, Can you exactly. Make sure you close that That door JP do you know what a romp is Like when they say Something's a romp A romp R-O-M-P uh no, I don't actually. Maybe like like a like a uh, an adventure, uh, a comical okay, adventure. Okay. All right. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Here's why you're the best film critic in San Jose. I don't know. I'm not wearing a shirt today, Dan. Cuz
0: we are currently still part of oh, sorry, my Is that bad for a mic? Yeah. No, it's okay. Okay. Uh we we're in the middle of fucking Oscar season. Yeah. And what you should be out there looking at films are mm-hmm. Oscar contenders. What do you mean? You're out there looking up like B movie uh, action is, uh, this international this films. that Chan half of America about. doesn't give a shit about.
1: Just because they don't care about Jackie Chan anymore, people need to know about Jackie Chan's new romps. All right.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this so th- this movie is about Jackie Chan playing an archaeologist. He always does. That's classic, Jackie Chan. Right. He's, right. he's always.
1: His name is Jack in this. It's not Jackie or JC.
0: He's like China's Indiana Jones, Yeah, right? pretty
1: much. Okay. He's the best. Yeah. No, hold on. Except be yeah. Chinese. Indiana Jones didn't do Kung Fu.
0: Hey, don't you talk shit about Indiana Jones.
1: He didn't do Kung Fu. That's he not
0: took d- out like Nazis by the truckloads. Yeah,
1: but not with Kung Fu. So. Uh, All
0: right. We should be good now. All right. Uh, so this, with this movie, the plot is pretty much Jackie Chan and an archaeologist archeolo- looking for a... Treasure item for Mm -hmm. an Indian princess. Yeah, uh, and we don't know she's a princess. And it's connected
1: to Buddhism. No, I mean, there's a statue of Buddha you saw in the commercial. Uh, The commercial, the trailer, you mean? Yeah, the commercial trailer. All right. So, uh, how's this movie? It's fun. It's some. It's some. It's a Jackie Chan film. I smiled that whole way through. I loved it. It It's crazy, and uh, so you know what? So the beginning of this movie kind of threw me off. All right. So the beginning of this movie, it's all CGI for, like, 15 minutes. It's Jackie Chan punching, like, elephants and shit with, like, a long sword. And he's jumping off elephants. He's making elephants fall over on top of other elephants. It's crazy romp, man. It's not even comical. It's, like, straight-up action. Uh And I'm like, is this movie going to be CGI? And then it cuts to real life. And I was just blown away by the CG, just, like, elephant bullshit that's going on. It was so good.
0: The 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 special effects were great.
1: Yeah. Well no, they were like you can tell they were, they look like a video game. Okay. Like honestly, I was like, man, they should, if they made a Jackie Chan film, this should be it. Uh-huh. Jackie Chan punching. He punches he okay, I don't know what it is. So so you, you you're all, all I'm all about this. You're all about like uh, animal abuse on screen. So, check this out. I haven't, I haven't seen too many Jackie Chan films, but this one has like the majority the majority of this film is like animal sequences. Mm-hmm. Cuz first it's elephants, right? He's knocking elephants off cliffs. Then it's uh then it's a lion, right? He's in the, he's like driving a car with a lion in it, doing jumps and shit. Well, okay, not only is he an archaeologist, but apparently he's he's also Dr. Doolittle. Yeah, no well, he's not talk that's not true. He did talk to him. He spoke Chinese or Cantonese to this lion and then he spoke English to this lion. Okay. Coincidentally his name was uh his name was Jackie also. Okay. The lion. So it's a fun movie. It's fun. Hold on. More animals. There's snakes. He straight up, he straight up chokes a, uh, he straight up chokes a a a, uh, a snake with his feet, right? Oh, what the fuck? He throws the the snake up in the air. How is this movie not not an Oscar
0: contender? It sounds amazing.
1: Because they're stupid, Jorge. The Academy is a bunch of idiots. All right. And lastly, hyenas.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I saw. Okay. I, was, I saw the trailer. Hyenas, his man. His uh I don't know who the actors were.
1: They're his sidekicks. But, but there were Asian actors yeah. kicking hyenas around. There was one Indian w- lady. What the fuck was that about? Oh man, the bad guy is like. I'm pretty sure that there's bird abuse too. There's bird abuse from the bad guy. Okay, so like the bad guy takes uh takes his his archaeologist uh co-workers right the young the interns or whatever and he puts them in a cage with hyenas running around and shit. It's great. This movie has the best. Okay, so going back to bird abuse, this movie has the best intro to a bad guy, right? So let me set up the scene. So they're they're in Antarctica or something like that, right? They're are going underwater. They're, you know, there's a fight scene and stuff like that. Uh-huh. He's fighting just these like minions. Uh huh. Cut to a desert in India and a dude riding a horse, all like all stiff posture, and he has an eagle on his arm. Okay. Right. And he's like, "Hey, eagle, go eat that bird." The bird fucking flies up there and eats the bird. Well, there's like a drone flying around, and you're like, yep, that's the bad guy. He's the bad guy.
0: You, you know what I love about this review already? What? Out of all the film reviews we've done, you know, Manchester by the Sea, La La Land, and other great, you know, this is the most animated, excited you sounded.
1: <laughs> Season three, Jorge. <laughs> Season three. A new, a new, a new, we're going different directions. Okay. I'm watching movies you've never seen before. Okay, the
0: the prime thing for yeah. an, for a Jackie Chan action comedy are mm. definitely the fight scenes. Yes.
1: How do they compare
0: to his previous works?
1: So he, like I said before, he's getting old, man. He's getting old, and they actually address that in the in the beginning. So, like, you know, in every Jackie Chan, there's this, there's this pillar, this wood pillar with pokey things coming out. Hold on, him. you're
0: confusing me because this in the beginning. It starts out with Jackie Chan kicking the shit okay, out lot, of elephants. Yeah,
1: that's not <laughs> establishing his age, is it? No, no, no. This is like. It's like CGI. I don't know. Okay, he's telling a story about like ancient Chinese people and ancient uh, Indian people fighting elephants and shit, uh-huh. right? And then it cuts to him like teaching a, a lecture, and then it cuts to like him in his house cooking breakfast, and then he's like, "All right, it's time for that 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 training thing he does in every movie he does." You know what I mean? So he he goes up to that that wooden pillar thing with the the pillars with the things poking out of it, yeah, yeah, and he hits it, right? But he's like. Like, he hits it slow. I don't know. Like, you could tell he's not, uh, he's, he's getting old. Okay. And then he does this thing where he, I don't know why he does this. Fucking Jackie Chan can do whatever he wants. It doesn't matter. So he, like, he, 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 um, he, he uses his body strength to flip himself upside down for, like, a couple seconds. And then he goes down there and he's like, oh, man, I'm too old for this shit. And they animate stars above his head to oh. indicate that he's getting lightheaded because he's old. All right, it sounds like it's a B movie, cheesy movie, but it's in good fun. Like it, It's a great movie. They
0: pull it off well. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and, and uh, any any like memorable uh, I can't say that word. Memorable? Uh, memorable fight scenes cuz for me uh, growing up with Jackie Chan, there's some like some of his oh, yeah. films have amazing fight scenes mm-hmm. where there is uh, uh what is my name? Uh, what is? Uh, uh, <laughs> gorgeous, I think uh, that's gorgeous. It was probably one of my favorite fight
1: scenes from Jackie Chan. Man, what is it was uh, it. There's that movie where he's Project A. What was that movie where he's fly- G- fighting G- giant black ladies with perms? Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. best. There's oh. Screaming black ladies, just Jackie Chan fighting them it's great. Something Concord, yeah. Operation Con- Condor, yeah. Operation Condor, Operation Condor. That's II. a classic
2: movie. It's, yes.
1: So when, when they but... came, when they bring it to America. The first one was the second movie they released. Okay, but, but here's my
0: point. Here's why I worry about uh, recent Jackie Chan yeah. uh, movies like these. Because back in the day... Mm-hmm. He was
1: fighting black ladies. N-
0: no. The, back in the day, yeah. the, the way he, they filmed these films were amazing. Yeah. In cinematography, mm-hmm. in choreography, yeah. and, and and all in good fun. But now I've seen some recent products of that kind, and it's all kind of like cheaply made. Uh, the, the, it, everything looks like... um. Plane and a lot of the fight scenes just come off
1: as like uh, quick cuts where you don't know what the fuck's going on. So I know what you're come I know what you're talking about. And luckily for this film, the, the the director had the sense to at least show people fighting, you know, without it was with the fewest uh, fewest cuts as possible. Mm. You know what I mean? So like you actually see people doing these like like stunts for like at least a good fifteen seconds before there's like another cut. You know what I mean? Because it's all just like all right, we're focused on these people fighting. Okay. You know there are. Um, but going back to the fight scenes, there isn't anything too, uh, anything too, uh, uh creative. Like he's not fighting creatively in this. Mm-hmm. It, part of it is like, he's getting old, you know what I mean? But does it come off like he's phoning it in? No, no. Like it's just, it's not as exciting as him like twirling a chair and punching people, you know what I mean? Or like fighting with a fish or something with the fish I, I don't know if that's the thing <laughs> we
0: missed fish to abuse it <laughs>
1: I, don't, I haven't seen that but I just imagine Jackie Chan punching people with a fist okay um but yeah there's no real like he's fighting with a briefcase he's fighting with like a pickaxe okay um you know he's doing all these like rolling moves and then he has his, his other cast is, like the younger archaeologists who are you know who fight faster so they're doing all the more complicated stuff okay oh wait hold on I forgot an animal that got abused yeah. actually they they kind of got abused so, there's a scene where they're in Antarctica for some reason. Yeah. And there's... there's for some I don't, reason? <laughs> I fucking don't know, Watch You honestly. watched this movie. Why were they in Antarctica? So, there's, like, this... Like, the Indian... Uh, the in, the India troops were, like, looking for people in the snow, and then they got frozen, and there's, like, an underground cave. I could just tell you're, you're getting listeners excited <laughs> for this movie. It's so good. So, um, okay. So, like, they're just out in Antarctica. Right. Right? All right. And then they hear wolves, and Jackie Chan's like, let's go find them wolves yeah so they like walk out a couple That's um, badass. a couple a couple miles and he That's sees like savage. a pack of wolves on the on the on the horizon right and he's like you know how we're gonna take care of this I'm gonna fight the fat guy Ooh. no no I'm sorry he doesn't fight the fat guy he leaves the fat guy for dead but that is a joke as a joke so oh. he, he fights the guy oh. who looks like markiplier dude context context <laughs> there's a fat guy who has a giant drill that has to drill in the ice it, and he's a bad guy no no he's just the fat guy he's the comic relief fat guy <laughs> <laughs> they have every every Jackie Chan movie has a comic relief fat guy. All
0: right, calm down, because you're confusing the shit out of me right now. Who are these characters?
1: Okay, let me. Okay, slow down. What's
0: the context? Because you're no. like he was in Antarctica. Oh,
1: there's a fat guy. It's like this movie makes no sense for me. So, so okay, uh, that is actually justified because this character is only there after they get to Antarctica and he makes a phone call about some guy who just happens to be on the coast of Antarctica with a drill that can drill like thousands of feet in the ice. Okay. Yeah. How does this serve the plot? Uh, he, they drill a hole into the ice. They find the the treasure that they got the the Indian treasure.
0: Okay, so they're looking for the treasure. They're looking for the treasure. That's why there's a fat guy with a drilling machine. Yeah,
1: who just happens to be there. The comic relief. Okay, yeah. but he's only there for that ice sequence. Okay, and and he becomes a victim of Jackie Chan for the sake of the wolves. No, so like, okay, so there's he has this he has this uh, nephew who looks like Markiplier. Do you know who Markiplier is? No. He's he's an he's a YouTube guy. Like he does YouTube videos. But he looks like that guy. It's not him. Could they not afford the actual YouTube guy or something? I mean, I don't know if I don't know if Markiplier can do kung fu like this guy. Okay. So he's like, in order to show these wolves what's up, I'm gonna fight my friend who looks like Markiplier. And okay. they just start fighting, you know?
0: Yeah, just and, randomly.
1: Yeah, and they're just like, "Hey, uh, you remember that kung fu we used to do? I used to show you. You remember that? Let's fight." They start fighting, and the wolves are like, "Oh shit! This guy's fighting his own people. Let's back off." So that, you know, the He's the wolf. alpha of that pack. So <laughs> with yeah. him. He's trying to out alpha ma- alpha <laughs> male the 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 wolves. Okay. R- wow. Okay. So,
0: this movie just sounds ridiculous. It's so good. It's so good, but ridiculous. Great. All right. It's great. I-, I feel dumb asking you, but it's part of you know this program, which is how are the acting performances?
1: They're for what it was. they were fine. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's classic Jackie Chan goofery. Trademark. That's that's my word now. Goofery for you okay just you know it's 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 not too serious no one takes this too seriously, you know everyone's you know they're they're being as serious as they need to be is there any cinematic integrity with the cinematography uh i don't know what that means but it looked nice (laughs) is that like it looked nice i could see it okay what what does that mean cinematic or cinematography was it visually Mm -hmm. fun as well yeah Okay yeah, Okay visually Okay so the set pieces Are amazing India is beautiful Okay Like everything they shot Is just like man India is bright and vibrant And there's people Throwing sand everywhere Yeah Colored sand You know it's beautiful Okay uh, Every Everything that was shot Was shot very nice Okay They kept their integrity <laughs> Um <laughs> Oh man Did you wear your shirt When you go see this movie No I
0: didn't I Dude He has a shirt that says Best film critic in San Jose Like in big Yeah
1: Letters and you didn't wear it. This was kind of a last-minute thing. Okay. So I had to drive all the way to Modesto, and then I, on the way back, we we're like, "Well, let's go catch a movie." So we caught a movie. <laughs> Just to have something to talk about on the drive back. Oh, man, fuck. All man, right, we start talking about all kinds. We start. We, we're trying to make a, a Jackie Chan RPG now, a role-playing game. Mm. But that's keeping on low, low, low. All right. So what's your rating? I'll fucking go see this. So it's a box office gold. Yeah box office gold gold because they find the golden city at the end spoiler alert! see what i did there you keep spoiling the movies you review who cares man 2.0 <laughs> you <laughs> saw the trailer you saw the golden buddha oh, oh that's true it's in the yeah there's right there like that's that's right. where you end the film like you just see that like oh that's they're gonna have a great fight scene in there guess what they do uh-huh. he fights the bad guy got it with the, the, the crow or the, the the eagle
0: okay yeah well thank you for coming yeah, and thank you for another great review. Go see this. Go, it's la- so good, ladies and gentlemen. If the what's it called, yoga, kung fu kung yoga. Kung fu yoga. If kung fu yoga is at your local uh, theater, it's not. I you know how hard it was to find this. Um, well, if you can make your way out of it, e- f- even if you drive halfway to Modesto to go see this. No, film. no, I was
1: I went to Valco, Valco Mall.
0: Here. Yeah. If you happen to be
1: around Cupertino Yeah, the abandoned c- mall Have you been there? Abandoned oh, it's, mall Oh, it's creepy over there There's like nothing open Like Day of the Dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. There's no one there Except a bunch of Asians And guess what? <laughs> they went to go see this movie Alright, alright I- I'm gonna save you for yourself Thank you for coming Go see it Go see now. it Now Box
0: Office Gold Bog- Do it you for coming Alright, that is the review for Kung Fu Yoga. Have you seen this film? Do you agree with his review? Please, I would love to know. You can email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Alright, we are getting to go to our main conversation slash interview. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know how to describe my podcast style. Uh, it's hard for me to really say it's an interview. when uh, I, th- I like to think of it more as uh, conversational. And it's kind of hard. When I'm trying to book guests, especially the ones that are more professional, they always have that question of, like, is it an interview? Like, what kind of interview? Can I can I get a, a list of questions? I'm like, ah, I don't have a list of questions. I just come here, or you come here. Usually, the guest comes here. And you sit down in front of me. And we look, we look at each other in the eye for an hour. And we try to talk. Try to talk. Uh, So why was I talking about that right now? I don't know. I am dead tired. I'm recording this late at night. Had a long day. Had a long week actually. And uh, the point I'm trying to make here is that I think what I am is I am a a chat host. That's what I do. I chat with people here once a week. I get my, once a week I get my dose of uh, an interesting person having to tell me about their life and and I get to be like wow that is amazing cuz most of the time they are amazing actually not I would say most I would say like all the time not one guest has disappointed me not one that's a record I'm 94 episodes in damn all right but before we get there friendly reminder you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher and SoundCloud can follow the JMS Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. There's extra content that's exclusively only for certain uh, social w- media uh, gadgets. G- gadgets, God, I sound so old. People, I'm sorry. I'm too tired for this. I'm too... Hold on. Let me get, Let me get a good sip for my green tea. That's what I need. I need some green tea caffeination right now. Mmm. That's what we're talking about. All right, I'm back in it. Uh, Special announcement For those who don't know me and what I do uh, I do quite a bit besides podcasting Uh, I run a comedy open mic At Cafe for Wednesday night Uh, In some way I'm involved with the music scene A little bit here And uh, film of course I have tons of film Projects in the works Including the web series Looking for St. Jorge And all that On top of having a, a full time job and I'm setting it up because I am announcing a new uh, weekly event that I am hosting at Cafe for Scotty. At Monday night, I'm creating this thing called Writer's Night. So it's every Monday starting at 730. If you are a novelist, a screenwriter, a playwright, or even if you just would like to read, uh, you're more than invited to come to Cafe for Scotty on Monday nights and work on your material. You get to socialize with other writers, just like yourself, so you do not feel alone. And you put your work in front of you, and you get to work. Part of it is for me to work on my stuff, and part of it is just to meet other writers in the community. Uh, I, I've always wanted more writers on this podcast, but they're, they're hard to find, because we are solitary folks who, when we do uh, work on our material, we are in the dark uh, corners of our own typing away into a screen and doing our best to put the things in our head into this um, uh, I can't say paper anymore but this digital paper and try to create a story that, in some way or another connects with a complete stranger who happens to read it. And it's hard to find those folks to get on this podcast so I'm like, you know what? Why don't I just uh, knock like five birds with one stone and just create a writer's night. So please come on by. I'd love to meet you. I'm setting up some great programs to help uh, the writers uh, to always uh, improve their work if they wanted to. I'm trying to come up with a, uh, a reader's system where you can sign up, become a reader, read someone else's work, and give some constructive criticism about it. Because I, I know we hate criticism, we're sensitive people, but it is important, very important. But you don't have to. You just come in there, put on your, say, sup, Jorge, get yourself a cup of coffee, put on some earbuds, tune out, and just get to work. That's fine. That's still cool. So every Monday, Cafe Frescati from 730 until closing. All right, that's that. Let's go to our conversation with Mech and Roth. the hostage it's been like a long week
2: yeah i feel that. how was your week it's all right every single free day that i've had i've, I've ended up covering other people's shifts so.
0: oh well i don't work you in
2: um i am a starbucks barista wow yeah
0: that's i feel like they're everywhere like like uh, meaning starbucks is everywhere mm-hmm. but i don't really know many people in person who works for starbucks
2: yeah they're probably at home crying most of the time. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I, I get it; it's tough. You guys have a brand expectation to to meet up, right? Because if it, it was like a mom and pops kind of cafe, you could set your own rules.
2: Yeah. 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 I've worked for both. Um, I kind of i I kind of was looking to work in like a chain. I was kind of looking to work in a place where my direct manager wasn't like the boss. Why? You know, because both have their ups and downs. But like, it's so nice to work for somebody who actually answers to somebody else as well. Like <laughs> to take the to, responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and also yeah. not to just be crazy. Like, because when you work for somebody who owns their own, you know, little mom and pop shop, they can set whatever rules that they want,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, and it means that they can be crazy.
0: Have you had experiences with that?
2: Um. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I don't, I'm
0: trying not to turn, try to <laughs> try I'm
2: trying not to turn my face away from the mic <laughs> That's while okay. I grab my Starbucks drink. There you go. <laughs> mm. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I worked, um, in Iceland actually for a while. I worked as a bartender and as a barista and I worked in cafes and bars and things like that. Um, and, uh, i worked basically in places that. They weren't a chain. It was just the one owned by somebody. It was interesting. The bar no longer exists. That's how bad it was. It's now, like, as close as you can get to a strip club in Iceland.
0: What do you mean, closest as you can get?
2: It's this weird, like... um It's like, a, yeah, like
0: in quotation marks, a, a go-go dancing place or something? Yeah, it's well, something like that where yeah. there's,
2: like, a steep cover charge and, like... Cause you can't, I guess, technically be a stripper or have a strip club in Iceland or or a brothel or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but they get around it by just importing like Polish sex slaves, and I'm like <laughs> some kind of loophole. Always <laughs>
0: some kind of loophole. Hey, yeah, yeah. I know other parts of uh, Europe. There's some like weird um, laws. Such, I mean, we have our, our own weird laws here. But I know in Sweden, or is it Germany, where you are allowed. To be a prostitute mm-hmm. by career,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, however, you cannot charge for sex, or or there must be no transaction of money when it comes to sex. So I'm like, how does that work? That's weird.
1: And they like, and,
0: and my friends, you know, because I have a lot of friends from Scandinavian countries, they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you just you can be a prostitute, it's no big deal. I'm like, but how do you make a living? Like, <laughs> if you can't charge the guy, and they say, oh, we call them donations. Mm. I'm like, uh, it's like okay, it's it's just. Baffles me a bit, but that's pretty funny.
2: I mean, here you can't be a prostitute, but if you film it, then you can. Right, like, right, it make right. <laughs> um.
0: Because here we love our cameras. We love. Yeah. Our, we, we love. We, we love to be on camera too. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, but Meck and Ralph, you came into the scene uh, fairly recently. Yeah. But well, you've been making sw- uh, quite a big splash around here.
2: You <laughs> have.
0: Uh, <I? laughs> yeah, you're all over the place. You're you're performing a, a lot of great shows. Mm-hmm. Um and i thought you started here but no you started in iceland right
2: yes and were you born and raised over there so i was born in iceland i lived there until i was around three or four and then um i moved to this area
0: i'm just guessing it was a wreck of it because that's the only place i know in iceland
2: yeah it was yeah Yeah.
0: proportionally how big is iceland like how can we compare it to
2: um population wise no like size wise like is it the size size of california would you say no. No.
0: Well, give me that look. I don't know. I've never been. Um, You know we can't trust these maps.
2: Maybe slightly smaller than Maine?
0: Maine. So half of California. I, or even smaller.
2: I don't think you know how big California is.
0: Is it too big or too small?
2: <laughs> it's really big. Iceland is a tiny little island. This is the size the r- of the Bay Area? To, um, yeah, but... In terms of population density, it's what, there's. Three hundred and thirty thousand people in Iceland. That's it. Three
0: hundred and thirty thousand. That's it. so. It's the about the size. Is, is it the size of San Jose? We have one million people.
2: Um. Yeah, I'm not sure geographically because I'm challenged that way. I spatially geographically. I don't know. Like, I go where Google Maps tells okay. me. I have From no-
0: coast to coast. Let's say from east to west. Uh huh. If you were to drive. The average speed around here, which is like 60 miles an hour. I don't know how much that is in kilometers. Mm. I don't know. How long would it take you to cross from coast to coast, east to west?
2: Um, I don't know. I, I want to say like probably less than a day, but that says the crow flies because you can't really go straight through the middle on account of all of like the volcanoes and glaciers and stuff.
0: See, on top of all of that, you got to deal with <laughs> all of that, all the other natural yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, h- how does it work? How do people live there? And d- and not only that, but like, h- h- how do you, how does it fucking work? That's what I want to know. I'm baffled. Um, Second time I use that word. That doesn't happen often here. I'm yep. flabbergasted. I should use more different <laughs> words to say the same shit.
2: Pretty much everyone lives on the coast. Um which helps, I think, in several ways because Iceland, one of Iceland's main exports is fish, and also um, the ocean helps regulate and maintain and stabilize temperature. So, um, the closer you are to the ocean, the less the um, temperature fluctuations will get to you. Um, because Iceland can have very, and did have very harsh winters, um, but it can be really green and beautiful in the summertime. So, um, So, yeah, a lot of people live near the coast, they fish, they raise sheep or whatever, and then in the winter, when there was nothing to eat, we would eat the grossest stuff ever. And then some people still eat that because it's tradition, but I'm like, no, 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 like fermented shark.
0: Fermented shark?
2: Fermented shark, boiled stingray. Uh That's still a thing that happens every, like the day before Christmas every year, everyone makes boiled stingray, and it's the nastiest smelling thing you will ever. It's um, smoked sheep heads.
0: Uh, oh, that sounds tasty.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like salted fish, um, like, really, like just left in a barrel with salt mm. for ages. Um, just like all of this stuff, because I mean, if you didn't eat it, you would starve. But they still serve it today, and I'm like, you guys, we have hot dogs now. Like, we don't have to do this anymore.
0: Yeah, I don't yeah. know. They don't listen.
2: No, ma'am. Keep n- no. Most people don't eat that stuff anymore. Um, I would say unless it's like on very specific traditional occasions. We mostly just use it to mess with tourists.
0: Mm. Now, uh, good to know. So when I go to Iceland, <laughs> I'll say no, thank you. I no, know you're. I, no. know, I know you're fucking with me right now. Yeah. Pass me the hot dog instead, will
2: yeah, you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So it looks like it's mostly uh, a working class. Farming kind of uh, well, communities. Well, is that what most of the GDP economically the country runs on? Like you said, fishing.
2: It used to be. It used to be. Um, so
0: it's a lot more modern now.
2: Yes. Up until World War One, Iceland was one of the poorest countries in Europe. Um, but President Wilson, um, I forget what it's called, but he he uh, invested a lot in in many European countries after World War One. Um, which helped them sort of modernize, uh, Iceland included. So it used to be fishing. Uh, now our biggest industry is actually tourism. Mm. So... Mm.
0: Talk it, about service jobs, huh? Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty much everything uh, in like downtown Reykjavik it's, 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 uh, is like a service job for tourists, especially, yeah.
0: How, how does that seep into the population culturally? Like, is there a, a constant... Uh, Thing to like Please strangers
2: Oh god I don't know Um Like Everyone speaks English Pretty much Right The entire younger generation Speaks Very good English
0: But but um, I guess what I'm asking for Is like Is everybody really nice Because I believe there's assholes Everywhere No, except, no except for touristy places Where you know It's kind of a thing So you gotta be nice Because potentially That's where the money Can come from
2: Sure If they want your money They'll be nice to you but um, as someone who doesn't speak great Icelandic, but is Icelandic and is not a foreigner, they, uh, they were not particularly always very nice to me. Um, it's, I don't think they can come across Icelanders as kind of rude and cold, but it's not that. It's just that they never had to learn how to make friends. Because it's such a small country. Everyone they've ever known, they met, like, in the hospital two seconds after they were born. That's it. They're like, yeah, I'm good. Until death.
0: So, I'm assuming that the bonds among their friends that they do have are strong. They just, and they're exclusive to others.
2: Yeah, it's just very, it can be very niche and very cliquey. I found that I had the best, um success with Icelanders who have either lived outside of the country or at least gone other places Hmm. they tended to be much more open and warm I, I other people I don't I don't know I don't I don't think they mean to be mean Right. Or rude. I just think they just don't know how to do it. And they don't really know why you're talking to them. Yeah, yeah. Or what you want from them.
0: Yeah. That's something a lot of my Scandinavian friends said, too. Like, in uh-huh. Sweden and all that. They said, like, people... It's not coldness or rudely. It's just not... It's not a common thing to do to talk to people. Yeah. They said, Jorge, if you were in the supermarket and you just said hi to somebody, you would freak them out because they're like, who's this guy talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess there's like a system that works, a social system that works there. Yeah.
2: So what you got to do is you got to wait until about one or two in the morning and make sure anyone you try to make friends with is really hammered. (laughs) And then they are the nicest people in the world. Yeah. All
0: right. Now, you said you were born there. Mm Mm-hmm. But were you raised there?
2: No, not really. Um I was three when I came to the United States. Um I spent like my summers there, but I was raised mostly in the Bay Area.
0: Oh, what part of Bay
2: Area? Uh San Jose and then Cupertino. Oh you're you're local here. Yeah.
0: Check that out. What did your parents do?
2: Um my mom uh work. they both work in like the tech field. My mom works for like Adobe. Yeah. So.
0: That's cool. I want to, like, put you, my you,
2: parents on blast.
0: You don't look excited. You don't sound excited.
2: It's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool.
0: Then the tech field Adobe, what, what does she do over there? Like
2: um, Marketing. Marketing? Yeah. Does
0: your dad also work for Adobe?
2: No. He works... Also. I don't really remember where he works right now, but he has one of those jobs where they, like, call him in the middle of the night. They're like, the servers are down. He has to go <laughs> fix that somehow. I don't really know. Yeah. Oh.
0: And w- are they both from Iceland?
2: No. Uh. So. So. Well, my my parents are. Um. I'm talking about my mom and my stepdad. Okay. Because my stepdad basically raised me since I was like four. Um, okay. Uh. M- but my mom and my father are both Icelandic, and were born there.
0: Okay. And and your so you, your parents came over here when you were. Three. No,
2: just my mom. Just your mom. She's like, I'm she, taking she, the kid and I'm she, leaving the country. She
0: she she had to leave your your father.
2: Yeah. Well, she decided to.
0: Hmm. And uh, how was that uh, transition for you? Like, was there like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, cultural. Uh, uh, there's a word for it. I can't think of. But when you go from one place to another that's different culturally, you you, you got to take time to adjust.
2: Um. I was three, so I don't have, like, amazing recollections of it. I know that I I almost, like, failed the, um... Like, when I was trying to get into kindergarten, they made me take one of those tests. Like, the English is a second language test. And I was, like, this close to being ESL. But, um, I guess my English was getting good enough at that point. Um, I... Yeah, I don't really remember. Um, my grandparents were living here at the time... We moved in with them. I was surrounded by people who helped take care of me. Uh, I do wish that my mom had continued to speak Icelandic to me Mm. because I've forgotten so much of it. I have none of it left and it it bugs me because I want to learn it, but I also don't like being bad at things. Mm -hmm. So I tend just not to do them if I'm bad at them, (laughs) which is like a terrible way to live your life. But so I've I've kind of avoided practicing my Icelandic. Um, other than that, no. I mean, it's kind of a culture adjustment when I go back, because um, I'm not really, I'm I'm not a citizen. I'm not
0: from here. Uh,
2: I'm no, I'm not an American citizen. Um, but I'm not Icelandic enough to be Icelandic, you know. So on paper,
0: or what are you talking just, about?
2: no, I. I've socially, you are talking about? Yeah, socially. I've had like people Americans who've lived in an Iceland for a while I'll be like I'm more Icelandic than you I'm like alright cool it's
0: such a condescending thing right? yeah right yeah, yeah. I'm like
2: no you're I, no, I, I you're... get
0: that too with the, with uh, Latinos I get that yeah. it's like dude I'm more Mexican than you are it's like why because I don't eat habanero the yeah. fuck
2: yeah exactly I'm like I don't know what to tell you I, I'm sorry like I just I feel like, I... <laughs>
0: but how, like how can you apologize sorry yeah, yeah. for not being Icelandic yeah. enough Right.
2: I forgot being nice wasn't like Icelandic enough. My bad. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird to live in that like middle space where neither group really entirely accepts you. Um, mm. But it's cool to be multicultural, I guess.
0: Sounds like a trend these days. <laughs> but for the most part, you were you know yeah we were raised here. You went yeah. to school here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what high school did you go to?
2: Cupertino High.
0: Cupertino High. Yeah. That's not... Uh, is that... How far? Because I went to De Anza.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's just down the street from De Anza. Is it? Is yeah. it that one? It's... Da- yeah, it's down Stevens Creek from, from De Anza. Stevens Creek. It's right by Valco? Okay. Yeah.
0: But it's still closer to suburbia side of Definitely. The,
2: Definitely closer to the suburbia side of things. Um... It was weird it's a weird place to go to school there's so much academic pressure and like it felt it felt kind of like the social strata were reversed mm-hmm. like everyone made fun of the cheerleaders like they were the least popular people on <laughs> our school yeah. and like no one there was no veneration for the football players because they hadn't won a game in like 30 years <laughs> And, and like um, I don't know. It felt like your GPA had a lot more to do with it than than anything else. Like, and uh, it's kind of middle of the road. Like, so I wasn't getting invited to any of the future business leaders of America meetings.
0: What kind of stuff were you into in high school?
2: Theater. I was a theater kid. You were a theater yeah. kid all four years. Uh, yeah.
0: Wow. What, what what kind of productions were you getting involved with?
2: Oh God, I was in. Um, musicals, we did Seussical the Musical, that was fun, I was a who, mm-hmm. um, did you sing? Yeah, 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 uh, did The Crucible,
0: oh, that, I love that one, uh, Arthur Miller,
2: yeah, classic, 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 that kind
0: of dude, that, that, that transcends so much themes, and, yeah. and, and so many, uh, uh, what's the word? and, have you seen the movie? I, I know it's a play, it's all about the, well, the fucking movie was good too, alright, Diane Lewis. was it um, Diane Lewis?
2: Is that the... I don't know. I don't... I I don't think I've seen the movie, actually. Mm. Um,
0: So, The Crucible, who did you play on that one?
2: Oh, God, I don't remember. Um, I I think it was... uh, Goody Putnam or something like that. She's only in, like, the first act. Mm.
0: Um, You you don't sound happy. (laughs) You shook your head like, oh, God damn it. I deserve a much better role.
2: Well, you know. Yes. Um, <laughs> I also did a lot of stuff with um, Shakespeare. I was a big Shakespeare girl. Oh, cool! Um, what I,
0: kind of Shakespeare stuff.
2: Yeah, I I ran this. Um, we did this thing called like Tino Shakes, which is um, because a bunch of the English classes had to do Shakespeare and then or, you know, read it, and then they'd have to perform parts of it in class. So what we would do is we would take whatever play that they were reading and perform a small part of it. For those classes, and then answer questions for them, um, just in terms of like what's involved in performing, what's involved in learning lines, what you should be focusing on, that kind of thing. Um, so we do little snippets of like Hamlet or whatever. Um, I. Yeah, and and then like do scenes scenes uh, in competitions, like theater competitions.
0: Mm. Now, was there a big? Uh funding or uh, was the theater program in your high school a big thing?
2: Um from my perspective it's kind of hard to tell cuz it was like my whole life. So it was a big thing in that regard. I mean, I think
0: like if, were there sold out shows?
2: Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. A was definitely hugely popular. Um we we had a pretty good turnout. Um the principal at our school, Kami Chamberlain, has been really amazing at like not um downplaying the importance of the arts but I still think that hmm. it gets the short shrift um, in terms of funding so I think uh, our theater program was pretty good at being like self-funded
0: hmm. What was the biggest role you had?
2: Um, I don't Oh my god I do too many drugs I can't remember high school at all um <laughs>
0: too many drugs in high school or too many drugs today
2: <laughs> not today today, just in general i need this. um oh god i don't i I honestly don't remember what, um
0: what what did the drugs come into the picture
2: u <laughs> c when I went to u c Santa Cruz just to just get um
0: was, I, that, was it just marijuana or was yeah, it, yeah, yeah yeah, nothing yeah. else really
2: um not in college, no.
0: no. <laughs> so, yeah, weeds. See, but these days it's changing. I mean, weed was popular when I got into college. Uh huh. Now it's all about Molly, now it's all about like all these other pills and and even Adderall. Now, now that's a thing. Now, mm, so I'm like,
2: I did that for a while. Yeah. Yeah. How did that work out for you? Not great. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a polarizing they drug. They, they don't, don't. They don't let me have it anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because people that I talk to, either it's really great, helps them out, and there's mm-hmm. others like, no, it, it fucked me over, way over. Um, it's, it's a polarizing drug.
2: Both. I loved it. I'm sad that I can't have it anymore. It's really nice <laughs> yeah. to just be able to take a pill and feel energetic. Um, but I started using it like to not sleep and also not eat. Which, turns out, are two very important components to, like, survival. Um, and uh, I just couldn't... I couldn't handle my shit, essentially. <laughs>
0: well, that's the thing. When you're in the pursuit of feeling good,
2: mm-hmm. you
0: make so many sacrifices along the yeah. road that it comes to a place where you're, like... You realize you're, you're part in the worst position when you started with sometimes.
2: Yeah. And... You know, it's, it's a lot to do with, like, um, if, if I didn't have anything to worry about but just taking care of myself and my mental health, I could do that, no problem. But life doesn't just stop and wait for you to, like, be better. Right. So, I was in school at UC Santa Cruz and also dealing with, you know, depression and whatever, um, anxiety, Mm -hmm. and, and, and the... Just the... Sometimes it feels like the world just doesn't stop. Ever. And, um... And you just need something to help you not, like... Just be able to keep up, so...
0: Did depression uh, came to you strongly during college, or was there, like, uh, seeps of it in your uh, high school years?
2: High school, for sure. Me too. Yeah.
0: Ironically, and Towards... Because I did theater for, Mm -hmm. like, a year... And I really enjoyed it, but, but, but with, what I love about theater was that I was I was allowed to be sensitive. Yeah. yeah and, and a lot of theater kids are very sensitive, sometimes mm-hmm. oversensitive. No offense. I, I don't know if, you're, if that's the case. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but uh, but I, I remember I was like, fuck. Yeah. I was having so much pressure mm-hmm. that by the time I got to college, I was just like out of it. You know. And, yeah. And, and I, it, there, I, it got worse over years, but I think over now I'm like kind of controlling it. Mm-hmm. Was that the same case for you?
2: Theater? I think theater saved my life, hmm. honestly. Um, and it was more than just theater itself, it was like the community involved. Because um, we were just like 30 kids who just were together all the time, there was this huge sense of community. Uh, with it, and I, I thought I was gonna study theater when I got to UC Santa Cruz, but I, I I tried to get involved in the theater department there, and I just didn't feel that same sort of sense of community, um, and it really bummed me out. Um, I I think that's I think that's one of the best things about the comedy scene in this area is that I do feel like there's a sense of community, you
0: mm-hmm. know. Um, but we're sensitive, broken people. Yeah, and I mean that in a good way. Like we're yeah. broken, no. But more like we we acknowledge our flaws, and and, and we capitalize on them on, on a at least on a positive way. We, most of us try.
2: You need to be a little bit broken to like need attention to the point where you're willing to go up and risk total humiliation. That's right. True. Yeah. That's that's yeah. just how it works. Yeah. Like people who are fine with themselves. Don't need to do that. Right. They're like, mm, I'm okay. Right. I'm good, actually.
0: Right. That's what I tell people. People who want, who want to get to st- anything performance-wise, I'm like, uh-huh. are you happy with life? Like, yeah. Like, yeah, man. Everything's great. It's like, dude, just don't yeah. do it. You're good. You're good. You don't need this. Don't- <laughs> I know it's bad because like, no, you shouldn't encourage everybody, but it's like, you don't get it. Yeah. This could be, this could fuck them up, potentially.
2: Can you do yeah. something else? okay then do that because I promise you it'll make you happier
0: like like I, I knew a guy in San Jose State when I was going over there um, he wanted to do stand up and this guy was a super positive guy super cool guy attractive guy and he wanted to do stand up and I was like that's cool about two months later he stopped doing it I'm like what happened dude he goes I couldn't take it, man everybody's depressed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in my head I'm like yeah he, he weed that guy out go live your, your good life man <laughs> <laughs> what were you studying in Santa Cruz?
2: Pol- Politics with an emphasis in theory.
0: Okay. Uh yeah. ex- Elaborate on that.
2: Um, mostly like old dead white guys. Um, I I studied a lot. You know, like um ancient political thought, like what the Greeks and the Romans and the early Christians were like up to in terms of um how they thought about how we organize society, and how we should organize society, and then, like, early, middle, um, so, like, uh, Hobbs, Locke, Rousseau, social contract theorists, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot about people trying to explain why we live together the way that we do, and how we should live together uh, so it, it's an intersection of a lot of interesting areas like history, sociology, psychology, literature, all of them. Um, just trying to explain like what the fuck we're doing, you know? Because um, we're 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 social animals, but we don't seem to like each other very much either. So I I, I always found it really interesting.
0: What did you take most out of that?
2: Um, that. <laughs> That even the most, um, even the people that current, um, conservatives (laughs) refer to when they're, um, when they're explaining their beliefs in terms of, especially fiscal conservatives like free market, laissez-faire sort of things, um, the people that they're referring to were way more liberal than, um, than they think. Or um, Like historically yeah, conservative histori- people. Yeah, so like... like Abraham um,
0: Lincoln, a uh, Republican who's totally the opposite of what he would have been today.
2: Yeah, there's that. But also, um, I'm talking specifically in terms of like political economy stuff, like um, Adam Smith. Adam Smith, yeah. Right, who wrote The Wealth of Nations, mm-hmm. wasn't really an economic theorist, because uh, that wasn't a thing at the time, didn't exist, like the idea of an economy separate from everything else. Um he was he was a he was a priest, actually. He was a moral theorist. Mm. Um and in Wealth of Nations he talks about sort of trying to um he talks about a new system of employer and employee versus in the past it was like feudal lord and serf and like um uh and there's a lot of optimism there, you know? He's like this is better because in the in the old system you had responsibilities. Feudal Lord had responsibilities. Serf had a responsibility. But um, your responsibility was not tied to whether other people were also doing their job. Like, you were just supposed to do it, no matter what. Versus in this new system, you know, if your employer stops paying you or stops protecting you or whatever, you can just leave, you know? Yeah. Um, and And when he talks about not getting the government involved in this, uh, in the economy, what he's, what he's actually talking about is the government shouldn't be involved because all the rich people got all these connections in the government and they convinced them to make laws that, like, make unions illegal and prevent workers from organizing, whereas employers have no such, you know, uh, restrictions in terms of organizing. So that's what he was saying. He wasn't saying, like, you know, free for all he was saying, I know rich people, they suck. Uh, let's try to keep them out of, (laughs) let's try to keep them out of like lawmaking. Mm. Um, so yeah. Um, a a lot of them are are like that where, where even, you know, the, the people that people cite today as the basis for free market, that kind of thing. Um, even Hayek, who's like intensely anti-socialist, was like, "Well, yeah, we need a safety net, of course. Like, yes, people, you know, should work and and be independent, but like, if they're sick or you know, like they they shouldn't starve, right? Um, like, duh, and and we get to today, and it's um, it's not a it's not a duh moment anymore. That's really sad.
0: Well, why do you think that is like that today? <sighs> Um, is there a shift in the cultural paradigm is there is there like a, uh, is it marketed differently is it more like a, like because I, I feel a lot of it has today has to do with identity mm-hmm. especially when it comes to moral identity it's like you're a republican but do you agree with what these politicians are saying they're like and, the, and they're like yes but like do you understand how there there's flaws and they're like... Uh, and they choose not to ignore you because you're attacking their identity...
2: Yeah. Uh, 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 politically. Yeah. Two-party system, definitely not uh, ideal <laughs> by any means. Um, yeah, I I struggle a lot with... I think um, in the very DNA of this country is a prioritization of individual rights over collective well-being. Yeah. Um, and that's just something that goes along with um, how heavily influenced the founding fathers were by social contract theory. Mm. Um, uh, and I th- I think that can really fuck us up, you know? Because the individual right to bear arms is m- more important than the collective well-being of not getting shot, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that's just a decision that, you, like, one of the many... Sort of decisions you have to make when you're organizing a society because there's drawbacks either way, you know.
0: So you're saying we're, we're becoming a lot more selfish.
2: I think we always have been. Um, I, I don't think you can ever erase from the, like I don't think you can ever take the fact that that our country's founding documents, founding principles, were created during a time. Were only land-owning white men were people out of it. You can't just say, "Oh yeah," but like we fixed it, kinda. I, it's um, it's fundamentally um, it's fundamentally androcentric, which mm-hmm. means about men, right. for men. Right. Um. Uh. And also, it's okay. it's... you, you, you can
0: use big words with me. <laughs> I got books.
2: I know I'm just for Oh, for the yeah, listeners. For,
0: right. I don't know. Like, yeah,
2: you're just going to we're just going to record this and like put it nowhere ever. <laughs> Somebody might want to know what androcentric means. Um, it just, you know, there's just there's just all these um structural issues and we can't I I think we have these overly simplistic conversations that don't address um the actual institutions and the entrenched you know, the entrenched institutions that um, that are going to keep replicating the same fucking issues, you know? I don't know. Just burn it all down and start again.
0: <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's complex and you get to a point where you're like, I don't, I don't fucking care anymore. Just, like, Do what so, you I'm, want.
2: I'm so mad. I'm so mad about everything. Yeah? I need a nap. Uh, yeah. It's hard to think It's hard to think About all of it At once But I think it's uh, Worth engaging in Definitely Because um, I think the other big issue Is that We see the government As this removed Sort of Thing that's separate from us Without realizing that it Only works If we're engaged citizens Well You're an engaged citizen I'm not a citizen (laughs) But I'm engaged Um, yeah, it only works if if we make it work for us. You know, we we can't just assume that they're going to have our best interests at heart.
0: Would you want to be a citizen? Because you always have that option, don't you?
2: Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, um, I gotta get on that. So you, so you,
0: you, you do want to be an American citizen, on paper at least?
2: On paper, for sure. Um, that way I can leave the country for more than six months without, like, um, or more than a year without putting my green card in jeopardy should be nice um also I'm I'm very white I'm very Atlantic but even I was a little nervous with the travel bans yeah given that that they were impacting people's green cards so my whole family you know or me and my mom because she wasn't a citizen yet we're just like oh we're, we're just gonna stay put for a little while um and you know thank god that we have that option but, uh,
0: yeah, I have a, a friend of mine. Him, uh, his family's from Iran.
2: Yeah.
0: And that very day, with the travel ban came through, his, uh, his brother and his mother got, were, were, uh, yeah, what's okay. the word I'm looking for? They were, they were held at the SFO. Detained. Detained. They were detained. And it's so messed up. And I I've just felt so fucking bad. And, uh, and luckily, by the end of the day, or two, actually, they're detained for like two, two about mm. two days. And they were finally released because the, the 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 lawyers came in, you know, the people who, who yeah. volunteered, and they took care of it. And I was like, "Fuck, that's fucking amazing."
2: I never want. I never really wanted to be a lawyer before, but now I'm kind of like, wouldn't it be nice to be able to do <laughs> something? You know.
0: Even the role of a lawyer has changed in history. You know. Yeah. Back in the day, nobody wanted a lawyer. Everybody yeah. hated a lawyer. Yeah. A, a lawyer just meant more trouble. Now it's like in within this uh, political theater we have now, uh, it's like sometimes you you need a lawyer you yeah. know, just to be like, hey, calm the fuck down. Wait.
2: I, I just feel like anyone who would sign that has clearly never been <laughs> like, being a non-citizen coming through customs and security here sucks so hard. Like, customs people are, suck a big bag of dicks. They're so rude. They're so mean. They're just the and they like interrogate you and I'm like, I, like, I don't like, dude, I've been here since I was... Like, my green card is dated from my date of birth. Like, I got my green card when I was born. You know, I've had it since 1993. I'm not, like, I'm not... I I live here. I sound like this. Like, Mm. I am as privileged and close to American as you could get, and they are still horrible to me. So I can't even imagine. Actually, I can, because I've seen them... Be more horrible to other people. <laughs> wow. So I just, um... you know, uh, it gives me a headache. Yeah, I just can't. I just can't imagine. Hmm.
0: Now I'm gonna go back to Santa Cruz. Yeah. So you're yeah. in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. You're studying politics. Mm-hmm. You graduate, I assume. No. You you drop out. I do. Why that Why that decision?
2: Uh, is. Less of a decision and more of a mental breakdown.
0: <laughs> the joke's overdid it, huh? <laughs>
2: um, I just, I just, uh, I was doing pretty well, and then one quarter, I just didn't turn in any of my finals, and I ran away to Iceland for a year, and I became a bartender, and I just didn't think about it.
0: <laughs> like, Fuck it, I'm out yeah. of
2: here. turns out your problems don't go away just because you leave the country. But it can be a nice change of scenery.
0: Okay, so that's interesting. So you drop everything; uh, it, it just mm-hmm. gets too much. It's understandable. Yeah. And 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 you said you would visit Iceland in the summers. Yeah. So it wasn't too uh, drastic of a place to go to.
2: No, but I didn't have any friends
0: here or in Iceland. In Iceland. Iceland. So you you went over there, and you have family in Iceland, right? Yeah, I did. I'm, I'm assuming everybody's family over there to some yeah. point. Uh. How was that going back over there as an adult and living there for a year?
2: It was good. I mean, my boyfriend lives there, lived there uh, at the time, so we were able to live together. And um, I got a job in a bar, and um, and (laughs) everyone in that bar was a little, a little, a little crazy in their own way, which was nice. How so? Um, Well, like we. Like, the manager was like, oh, yeah, by the way, we all drink on the job. Like, she would steal entire bottles from inventory, and we would just hide them and just drink all night. Like, one time I got so drunk on the job that she had to send me home. And I came back, and I'm like, I am so sorry. That'll never happen again. And she just goes, ah, it happens to all of us. like, "Mm, should it? (laughs) Um... (laughs) So we so we all left before we got fired. <laughs> like it was really bad, but um, uh, there are some of my favorite people now that that I um that I met there, and uh, I started working at a different bar, mm-hmm. and uh, I actually they had an open mic night there. Yeah, and the, guy, the,
0: the theater kid in you was like, hey, go on I stage.
2: Was, I was like, oh, that's terrifying. I should probably do that. Just, like, once, just to say that I did it, you did, know.
0: Did you find performing in theater terrifying?
2: Um, yeah. to start, I'm, I didn't. I, I, you know I was what?
0: dead terrified. I, I performed in two productions, mm-hmm. and I was dead terrified.
2: I actually was not a stage fright kind of person in high school, in theater, and that kind of thing. But I have found that I'm much more nervous um, getting on stage just to do stand-up even at an open mic because
0: um, you're the, alone up there
2: you're alone up there it's it's just you it's just y- your own personality you're just like exposing yourself and um and hoping people like it mm-hmm. um so i have a lot more anxiety about that than i ever did about theater
0: so there's an open mic at your bar
2: mm-hmm. um english open mic every monday
0: why english why not icelandic is that a language yeah it okay. is a language
2: um people do stand stand up in icelandic but um it's good to get practice in english if you want to perform anywhere else oh, yeah. right like um you know i i guess if you're doing stand up in iceland hopefully the goal is maybe not to be if you're icelandic to not maybe be in iceland forever
0: do, I mean, you, do you feel there's a difference in this being as having a sense of humor with your with your material in icelandic and in english
2: Sure, yeah, and I, I could not verbalize it for the life of me, but um, I understand a great deal of Icelandic. I don't speak it that well, but I understand a great deal of it. So um, I'd listen to people tell the same jokes in English and Icelandic, and they would always be way funnier in, in one of the language languages. I think grammatically, maybe the position of the words in the sentence can really affect that, because, you know, you're supposed to, um, like... Put the emphasis on the, I mean, that's one technique is to put the most important word last, right? Um, so in terms of how you structure a sentence in that language can really impact what word you can put at the end of the sentence or, you know, anything like that. Just the, just the, which syllable you emphasize, like where you, what, what the rhythm of the language is. Um, I, 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 you know, the amount of people who are doing Comedy in English when Icelandic was their first language, uh, it was just really um, amazing to me because I couldn't. I, I'm like I couldn't do stand up in Icelandic. Are you kidding me? Like doing doing comedy in a, a second language sounds incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. Like the the grasp that you have to have on that language in order to um, to make the the delicate nature of comedic timing like happen for you. Is just I'm, yeah. They continue to amaze me. Yeah.
0: Eddie Izzard blows my mind. That guy does it in English and French. Yeah. And in German, I think.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah.
0: So how was it? You finally going like, all right, I'm going up there and do it, doing it.
2: I did really well. I did really well my first time, and um, and I uh, uh, I got this huge rush. And I was kind of pretty much instantly hooked and I continued to just do it every, every week. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, uh, to be fair, I think we're a little spoiled in our audience because there's like kind of nothing to do on a Monday night in Iceland. So we would have just packed houses and, you know, not to denigrate the hard work of our producer and, uh, the guy who ran the show. Hmm. Gisela Johan, cool dude um, uh, But yeah, so we had We had people who'd come back every Monday And like laugh at the same jokes um, Right? Yeah <laughs> Like how fucking spoiled is, was I I And then I came here
0: Dude, there, there's some comedians around here that would love that
2: yeah, yeah, I came here Same crowd every Monday I started doing mics, like, so I started doing like Like genuine dive bar mics Mm -hmm. You know And I was like Oh shit I gotta step up my game Like I have been very um, Spoiled
0: Now The humor How is it over there Where you're from in Iceland?
2: I feel like they appreciated My dark humor Maybe a little more
0: Yeah Okay
2: Um But Yeah they They have a good sense of humor
0: Do you feel like in general Icelandic humor is dark humor?
2: Uh no not necessarily i think it can be pretty ridiculous um it just depends on on who you are but um uh yeah i i don't don't know so
0: ridiculous so they're more into like the silliness of of humor
2: yeah from um i'm trying to think like i've seen icelandic comedy shows or like like, they do, uh, every New Year's they put together, like, uh, an annual, like, sketch type of show, or, um, with little shorts, comedic shorts, uh, that, that you watch together, which is super boring for me, because I don't understand any of it, um, and the, those can be pretty, pretty silly, um, I'm, uh, I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think of, um,
0: like, with they pun-heavy?
2: No, no. Uh, well, but, there wait, is one. Were they
0: politically charged humor? Is that a big thing over there?
2: Um, not really in in like a in an in an edgy sense. I mean, obviously the comics are just all different. Um, there is one guy who just does puns, or he doesn't just do puns, but he does puns, and he does them in Icelandic, and then he just l- sometimes he'll just translate them word for word into English and tell the same joke, like, in English and his English is not great and he has just this really heavy accent so, um so he just tells these jokes, some of which make no fucking sense whatsoever uh, and still manages to be hilarious a lot of the time <laughs> I love people who are like that just total fucking weirdos um <laughs> uh, yeah, we um I would say the, um, uh, the women that I knew that were doing stand-up tended to do it in a, in a, in a drier, slower, like, not high energy kind of way, Hmm. but then the guys were all, were all over the place. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just depends, comic to comic, Hmm. I think. Uh, I think very heavily influenced by both America and England, probably America more. We get, like, a lot of the media, um, TV, movies, that Who, Who's thing. the
0: biggest, uh, com- comedian of influence over there in Iceland? Oof.
2: I don't know. Uh, like, right now? Um. When you, when you were there? When I was there, um... That is a really good question. I, um, there's, there's not like one, I've, I know so many really cool people who are doing really cool things in Iceland that it, it like, I couldn't say that just one of them, uh, oh, but there is a guy who does cartoons and does, um, comics, and you've probably seen some of the comics because they're little, um, like stick figure kind of drawings. His name is Hugleikur Dogson. Well, okay. um and he makes good money drawing comics and he does stand up it's very funny uh-huh. uh he does a great podcast uh called Australia he's icelandic with with um with a guy named John o. Duffy Jonathan Duffy um who's an Australian comic living in Iceland um they're cool um there's there's a lot of people like there's a lot of people who aren't icelandic doing stuff in Iceland, I think it's very funny. Uh, there's a guy named York Underwood, very funny guy, works also for like the local newspaper. Um, uh, there's this one guy who's also like a magician, and so
0: oh lord, yeah, no, no. <laughs> he's a
2: really good, he's a he's a magician, he's a yeah. clown, um. His physicality is on point. Like, there is no... Every little movement, he is in charge of it. So that is that is cool. Uh, and so it's, it's kind of cool... It was kind of cool to really start out with and be on the same stage as people who actually managed to make their living being entertainers, being thinkers, being funny people, um, and to actually get feedback from them. Hmm. Um, uh, was... Really amazing. So I, there's a lot of people doing really really cool things.
0: So comedy-wise, it's pretty good. Good crowds. So you get you got great supporters. You got great yeah. great comedians. Great support system.
2: There's uh, not that many com- oh. there's not that many comics. So there's less yeah. competition.
0: Less <laughs> competition. Uh, you're working. You got a boyfriend over there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, did Do you guys meet before you moved over there? Or yeah, you-
2: we've been together for four and a half years now. Wow. I'm about wow. Yeah.
0: And and so why the move back? what Was life too good?
2: Too good. I was like, I am too happy. Something needs to change. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, and I wanted to finish school. And also, um, I was there for like a year. And if I stayed any longer, they might have revoked my green card. And I would still like to have a green card in America. So, uh, so I came back. Was yeah. that a hard decision? i mean it wasn't it wasn't f- fun, but it was yeah, I, I'm rolling with it you know i've i'm I'm pretty happy with where I've ended up you know I couldn't have anticipated it, but um looking back it's you know it seems like it's probably the right move
0: hmm. now how how was it coming back here and getting involved in the in the comedy
2: scene it was um interesting so the first open mic i have uh okay i did the poet and the patriot once like last july or something and then i didn't do anything for several months and the next open mic i went to was uh the one richie casper was running at cartoons oh in campbell yeah okay terrible yeah. Why? It was it was, so it was the very first one. Uh, it was a terrible room. Like the audio equipment was terrible. Richie Casper, terrible person. Um, <laughs>
0: He's one of those people that I think most people would agree with that statement.
2: Like I'm not I'm not being divisive <laughs> right now. It's just like objective fact.
0: Yeah, but h- how do you go from Iceland where you got a good amount of crowds on, uh-huh. on a consistent level? Now you're here in the Bay Area, and they're like, oh, shit, there's not that many people as there are over there.
2: Well, I cried in my car afterwards. Oh, no. Did you? Uh, <laughs> it was so bad. He, he, uh, he came up. He took the mic from me. He shakes my hand. He goes, thanks, sweetheart. And then uh, he essentially turns to the crowd and goes, well, at least she tried.
0: What, wait, what yeah. the fuck happened? Hold on.
2: Yeah. No, I didn't think I even did really that bad. But he was like, well, at least she was brave enough to get up here. I'm like, at least...
0: Like All right. It, like I
2: was it. like the very... And he put me fucking first at the first, uh, at the first, very first uh, one of these at open mics at current teams, He put me first.
0: He, he put you right in front of the train. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: and I did not do great. I was very nervous, but like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say at least she tried was maybe th- like personally the right mm. response. Uh, so that was... Um, Incredibly disheartening, um, but I was like, oh, fuck it." Um, and then I went to Woodham's the next night, and um, I met Pete. I met er- everyone kind of. They didn't really know me. They didn't really talk to me. And then I went on stage, and then afterwards, people started to get to know me and talk to me. And it, um, and Pete was immediately very welcoming. Pete Munoz, who runs the Woodham's open mic. I'm- for the audience, okay, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's sort of taken off from there. Mm. Where do we meet? We... Um, I probably yeah we met was it a
0: caravan for no. Scotty for Scotty? okay yeah my open met, mic
2: met at your open mic probably for the yeah my
0: open mic yeah <laughs>
2: yeah Wednesday night so for Sign ups are at seven thirty.
0: when I get there or when he <laughs> <When I> gets <laughs> there.
2: <laughs> well, um, yeah yeah and so,
0: yeah I remember you came in, uh I remember where I met you, yeah, you did great, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah I did do great, yeah, yeah, that first time at Frascadia, I did really, really well. I was like, awesome, good first impression i um, uh, I hope
0: I was welcoming, to Yes, you.
2: absolutely, absolutely, uh, I feel uh, like I most people in the South Bay scene <laughs> have been have been nothing but kind.
0: good, I'm happy to hear that oh,
2: thank you, uh yeah, well, so, except for the few uh, except as for as the few. But, you know, like, whatever. Fuck what she... He's not even... He's not even in this state anymore. So mm. I got what I wanted.
0: He's just one of those cats where they're constantly on the move. Because they gotta keep on the move. Because they're fucking something up.
2: I <laughs> Right? Like, um... He did make... I, I kept going back to that mic, too. I don't know why. I was just like, this is probably the worst room I'm ever gonna have to do. Yeah. So I might yeah. as well just go do it. Yeah. Um... Uh, and it never made me feel good At all
0: You, you, got, um, you, you gotta do your time he, Yeah You gotta do your
2: time He made me cry once It was so bad On
0: stage or is this the same one with the car? No,
2: no, no No I do most of my crying where people can't see me um, Yeah Cause you should hide how you feel on the inside Right <laughs> Is what I learned in my upbringing um, uh, No, this was like in the bar Like in public It was so bad And you can't, you can't you can't, in this, you can't be the girl who cries. Like, in in this scene, this is You can't be the girl that cries. You no, can't be you the can't, guy that cries. You can't be... You, you, you can't, can't, cry can't cry at all these days. <laughs> you, can't, you can't, like, show any, like, real emotion or vulnerability. Because right. it just, it, I don't know, people will attack it, and also it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah,
0: they'll exploit it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Which is a big issue of mine. Uh, I, I, like, I, sometimes I feel like I have my heart on my sleeve too much. Mm-hmm. And I think that that fucked me up in a couple of situations.
2: Yeah, I don't know if people are always quite sure what to do with me. Why? Um, I just decided. I I knew that this was, and I kind of sensed it here more than more than in Iceland. This is a boys' club. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's like a sausage fest. I see what you are saying.
2: It is. Um, and one way to be successful as a woman in a boys' club is to. Um, I would say perform masculinity, essentially. If On you're, stage or off stage? Both. Interesting. If you're if you're a tomboy, if you're not overtly girly, if you can be dirty and like not get offended and not be overly emotional, just like be one of the guys. That's one way to make guys more comfortable with you, to be more successful they don't realize it, but they treat you better. Hmm. Um or you can do the sex pot thing. Where, sex pot thing? Yeah, where everyone's nice to you if they want to fuck you. <laughs> That's just a fact. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> Both uh, equally annoying. Or do you feel like one's more annoying than the other?
2: Um no, I think I I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to judge anybody who does what they feel like they need to do to succeed. In in a situation where they can't be themselves, but I think the sexpot thing definitely is more of a of a daddy issues type of approach to things. Um, right. I just kind of decided that I wasn't going to be less girly, and I wasn't going to be less bubbly and less happy, but and more cynical because be more you. everyone because that's how everyone else was. I was I was just going to try the best that I could to be a nice person and also unapologetically myself Good. as much yeah. as I could um I said fucking should be, right? Yeah, right. I don't I don't know what I like and I you know, I like being a friendly person and I like wearing dresses and I like telling disgusting jokes. Like I I don't know why any of those things have to be in contradiction but I'll say I'll, genuinely I'll give compliments to other comics and they'll go I don't get it what's the joke like they think I'm being sarcastic because no one else ever says anything nice to them yeah. <laughs> and I'm like no I'm just genuinely giving you a compliment and they have no idea what to do with that like right. at all right um,
0: how long since this new approach
2: I've, I've kind of always, um, you know, part of it is just, like, part of it is that I'm not really a big dresses and makeup person in my own personal life. I j- legitimately went a year wearing nothing but yoga pants. I did. Yeah. More power to you. Because they are comfy as hell and they make my ass look great. Um, uh, But I just, I started before I was, cause in the beginning I was so nervous. I would start maybe like two hours before I was going to show up to something. And then I would take the time to like put on makeup and like wear something that I felt confident in. And then I would show up to the bar like an hour early and go over my jokes, maybe write them out again, figure out what order I was going to put them in. Like I, I spent a (laughs) lot, I put like a lot of Thought into it to where it was probably overthought, mm-hmm. um. So I and so that became kind of a ritual for me. Is, is kind of like the war paint thing, like you know what? I don't. I can't guarantee I'm gonna be funny, but I'm gonna look cute doing it.
0: I can totally relate. And some besides the cute thing, I I, I, <laughs> I could totally no because I went through a similar evolution in my performances mm-hmm. when I first started off. I I held a certain kind of performance mask.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do as a performer, as a comedian, yeah. right? And it just burned me out. And on top of that, uh early in my, when I first started in comedy, I got I got an open mic room,
2: not mm-hmm. knowing how
0: to run an open mic and all that jazz. Yeah. And on top of that, a different venue than all the other venues around. Yeah. So I, I was really not knowing what the fuck I was doing. But I was like, but I kind of approached it like, all right, I need to... Make sure everything's perfect. I got. Mm -hmm. got, Is this joke funny? Is it not? It's. it's, uh, And it came to a point where I was really burned the fuck out. Yeah. And and it it would just annoy my friends too, because I'm constantly asking them, it's like, hey, what do you think? What do you think? Like, what do you really think?
2: (laughs) I'm one of those people Uh, who will, like, I won't, I won't be like, hey, can I test a bit out on you? Yeah. But I'll, like, slip it into conversation.
0: Exactly. That's what I did, too. <laughs> that's what I would do. And if it didn't go well, I'll wait till like, ten minutes later then bring it back into the <laughs>
2: conversation.
0: <laughs> but, but, you know, after a point, I was like, oh, fuck this. Fuck this. I, and, and, that, and that's an interesting notion that I noticed that for me, obviously, I, I like to put a lot of my personality into my material. Mm-hmm. I think as before a lot of my material is about, you know being funny but now it's more about like material that I I give a shit about yeah and I, and I think a lot of my material has to do with you know living here in the South Bay uh, and it took me a while to get there to to be comfortable on stage as myself mm-hmm. and to be okay to be like hey it was just a bad night it was a bad set it was an okay set um, and I, I think running over my that a lot at some point I was like Let's just bring up the next comic. I'm not gonna make anything funny. Let's get the show going.
2: Uh, yeah, I f- I feel like I'm transitioning away from caring about laughs only, right? Because if it's it's a if it's not a good crowd, but you got them to stop talking and pay attention, mm-hmm. that's a bigger win, I think, than um, getting a big laugh with with jokes that y- you aren't proud of, or like. I, there are nights where I've done pretty, pretty all right, but I just was like kind of disappointed in myself mm. and I just didn't feel good. I felt very dissatisfied. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm looking to feel satisfied. Um, I'm looking to find that intersection between what I like to do and what the audience likes to hear, because I think there are many, many ways that you can, um, many cheap tricks to provoke reactions from the audience. Uh, so I, I I think that the end all be all can't be just getting a reaction or getting a laugh because there are plenty of ways to do that that are that that wouldn't make me feel like like I was uh, uh, this is gonna sound so fucking pretentious uh, like an artist like a writer like a do craftsman, you consider yourself an artist like a performer yeah I consider yeah. myself an artist I think it's it's something I can't stop doing I can't stop like vomiting my feelings over every <laughs> uh, over everything and being like, look at this. Isn't it pretty? Yeah. 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 I, I, you know, I hear you. Um, so, you know, like I hate doing, I, I like, I, I, get so tired of my old jokes so fast. I'm like, if I have to go up there and do these jokes again, like it makes, it make. I feel physically nauseous at the thought of it. Like, I just don't want to do it like it's just it's old now i need yeah. So, yeah. so it really pushes me forward the, then you just end stuff. up
0: phoning it in
2: yeah like, uh, and pe- the audience can sense that you know and it's not it's not fair to them um you know uh you can also be angry shouting man angry yelling man is is a really good i, I try that a couple shortcut. times <laughs> yeah, you know what if you have something worth saying and you have something to be angry about, right, it works. But if you're just bringing angry, yelling man, yeah, all like the time, it, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't. It doesn't. It's. I, I tried just, a couple of times. After yeah. like
0: the third time, I was like, dude, this is not. I'm I'm exhausted now. I can't. I, yeah. What, what came out of it? I, yeah.
2: Um. Definitely. So I'm I'm trying to think about where I want to be, where I want to go. Um. Bring it back to the girly thing really quick, I just had a, another thing I wanted to say about that was just, um, I, f- I feel like it's part of what I'm doing up there is, um, it can be part of that, like how I, you know, because you are a character when you're up there. You're an exaggerated version of you. And how you choose to present yourself can be a really big part of that. So choosing to go more girly, more you know like flowery dresses and and um and and bubbly can be i think it is for for me part of it you know playing with expectations hmm. and uh not letting anyone forget that i'm a girl <laughs> uh because i never get to fucking forget <laughs> jesus christ
0: uh it's 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 hard it's hard out there. Well, overall, it looks like you're doing pretty pretty okay. Are you doing okay? Everything's good?
2: Yeah, it's all right. Um, I just got accepted into a school, so I'm going to be going back to, to school soon. So awesome. that's good. Where at? Um, it's, a, it's a college in Vermont called Goddard. You're leaving? No. It's, it's gonna okay. Be, no, it's going to be a remote program, so I'm going to uh-huh. go for like a week. Uh-huh. uh gonna, like, hang out with my teachers and maybe do some drum circles. It's like that.
0: In Vermont? Like, yeah. Bernie In Sanders Vermont. Town. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's like Bernie State, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is not it hmm its Um... Are
0: you gonna study the same thing? Political probably. theory?
2: They kind of let you study whatever you want, so... Uh, yeah. Right? That's, that's, wow. Yeah. So, um... And then I'll come back. Maybe.
0: Well, take your time. And <laughs> I, I, th- I, I think, um... I think uh, a certain theme I've, I've been noticing here is that is that it's you really got you got to concentrate on what you're doing where you're at you know like you, yeah. what you were doing here now you moved to Iceland now you're yeah. back here it, it, it's really about feeling comfortable with who you are even against the odds whether they're societal or they're, they're people
2: definitely and just
0: try to be happy try actually happy is not even the right word for this uh being content mm-hmm. uh Humbled that, that that you're doing something that you like and you're keeping yourself busy.
2: Yeah. Every, That's the important part. Every plan I've ever made for the future has fallen apart spectacularly. So, yeah, I've, my I've track record is yeah. not great either. <laughs> so, I mean, like, why not just try to do your best here, now, whatever. Yeah. Like, I've, you know, I've asked people or had people ask me um, what I wanted to do with this whole stand up thing. And I'm just like, ah. Be, get funnier Like I don't I can't I couldn't tell you But right now The goal is to get funnier mm-hmm. So Be better That's That's my life plan right now Be better
0: Be better It's a good one It's been great talking to you We passed an hour
2: Um, oh, Thank what? you so much for having me
0: Oh thank you for coming Closing up shop Yeah One last question Mhm. Uh, if, if you were to go back in time And you saw yourself You were that 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 high school Theater kid I know you can't remember much right now but what's something, some word of advice you would give yourself back then?
2: Um, stop taking yourself so seriously. Go to community college and then transfer to a school. Because going can be way easier. And um, the popular kids don't not like you because you're smart. They like you because you're kind of an asshole about it.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: I thought a lot about this. <laughs> what's well,
0: the stuff behind that? Were you an asshole when you were a kid?
2: Oh, I, I think... I think it's the rise of movies where the nerd is like the hero, yeah. and the popular kids are like just villainous for no conceivable reason. Um, it, when you're when you feel like a nerdy fringe kid, you get into your head that you must be the protagonist, and they must be the antagonist. Um, and so I would feel very threatened by like them, and feel uh, like, um, and yeah. so I would I would I was like Hermione Granger, right? Like right. like d- hand up. Like s- smart ass, and and well, what I thought I was doing was just proving, like, look, I'm as good as you because I'm smart. What they probably saw was, look, I'm better than you because I'm smarter than you. And like, who wants to be friends with that person?
0: I hear you. I, I, Nobody, I, I, even to this day, I'm that person sometimes, <laughs> or I'm an asshole, yeah. Not because I'm trying to be an asshole, but as a defensive mechanism. Yeah. yeah? A- it's like, I need to prove myself overly yeah. to this person or to, or to this group of people, and I, I end up doing something yeah. bad.
2: Like, if you just calm down, people, you know, will will like you more. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, that would probably be my big advice, is to not be such a dick, maybe.
0: In general, we need that more <laughs> everywhere. Being, stop being a dick. Or less of a dick.
2: Yeah, sometimes you,
0: sometimes you need to be a dick in certain scenarios, but you know.
2: Mm-hmm. No, it's a great question, and uh, I know because I've thought about it a lot.
0: <laughs> How often?
2: It's one of my big things. I think, like, if I was gonna go to a high school reunion, I'd be like, "I'm sorry that I sucked. I'm better now. I promise. I have a sense of humor. I've developed a personality that's going really well for me."
0: Oh, that's so great. Oh, man. I'm not even going to go in my own fucking uh, <laughs> high school reunion.
2: I was a no. weird kid.
0: That was too weird.
2: I don't know if we'll even have one. We were such a shitty graduating class. Like, we didn't even have grad night because not enough people signed up. The um the valedictorian, like, clearly wrote her speech in, like, 15 minutes the night before. We didn't even have it at our own school because the field was under construction, so we had to have it at De Anza. Yeah. Like, it was just a mess. <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: And I'll see you around.
2: Yeah.